We are supported by Robbins Insurance, an independent insurance agency known for providing customized insurance policies, sound guidance, and attentive service. Robbins is also known for delivering exceptional coverage to Nashville's restaurants and bars. Whether it's a fryer fire that sets off the sprinkler system and leaves your restaurant sopping wet on a busy Saturday night, or it's a once-in-a-decade tornado that cuts off your electricity and subsequently spoils all the food in your walk-in, Robbins has seen it all. And they know how to create policies that'll get your business back on its feet as quickly as possible in the event a disaster strikes. Look, when it comes to insuring your restaurant, bar, brewery, bakery, grocery store, hotel, or whatever, you need someone who knows the industry, who understands your business, and who will create a policy that protects your space, your staff, and your concept. That's Robbins. Visit Robbins' website at robbinsins.com. That's R-O-B-I-N-S. INS.com to request your insurance consultation. Once again, that's robbinsins.com. While we're talking about insurance, we can't not talk about health insurance and how important it is to offer this for your employees. Guys, healthy employees are better employees. You have improved employee retention. Happier team members means longer tenures and less training time and costs. When employees take care of their health, they're less likely to take sick days. This means a reduction in lost productivity and revenue for your business. A healthy workplace with opportunities for growth is a happy workplace. Encouraging your team's well-being will result in higher morale and better work performance. Guys, these are all things that you can get through providing health insurance for your staff. Also, if you don't have health insurance, you can sign up as an individual for health insurance through Southern Health Insurance. Guys, these guys are doing amazing things. Dan Marr wants to talk to you. Uh, his number is 832-816-8602. And in 2023, if you're not offering health insurance for your staff, it is an absolute necessity. You need to do this for your team. It's super important. Please give them a call today. Well, okay. Welcome to another episode of The Roundup. I am Brandon Still. We are here with Caroline Galzen. How are you doing, Caroline? I'm great, Brandon. How's it going? I'm better. Okay. I have been like, I feel like deathly sick, but not deathly sick. This COVID thing is a crazy thing. Do you have, have you had COVID recently? No, but I, I've had COVID before. Got it. And now anytime that you get sick, it's like, is it COVID? Yeah, we had a uh, we had an employee walk off the line in the middle of service last night to go to the office and take a COVID test. <laughs> I mean, it's like the first <laughs> Which thing you have to fine. do. Which he's fine. He doesn't have COVID. But, you know, it's like, ooh, I'm not feeling so hot. And it's like, leave right now. Go take a COVID test. It's a thing. Like, So we, we had our annual retreat uh, last week, week before this past week, week before last. And it was in a cabin out in the woods in Sparta. You know, we kind of had the whole leadership team together and it was great. And uh, I stayed in a cabin with the GMs of the restaurants and, and we get back on Thursday and then Saturday afternoon, I get a call from one of our, our GM and he says, Hey, can you come in tonight? Um, I have COVID. And I was like, really? Um, Cause I've been feeling terrible. And I had like my sore, my, a sore throat. I had all this stuff going on. And so I took a COVID test immediately and it was negative. So I was like, sweet. Well, then I woke up Sunday morning and I was just like down. I was like, oh my gosh, like I am sick. And I took another COVID test and it was negative. And so I'm like, oh, am I okay? Like, I don't know, but I feel horrible. And then I 
call the I have like this telehealth thing. So I call the doctor. She goes, well, you need to quarantine for four days. Even if, even though you took a negative test. Yeah. She goes, those don't really mean anything. And I'm like, what do you mean? They don't mean anything. Just, they're terrible. I'm like, well, why do I buy them? Like, why are we taking them? And like, what is the deal? So I'm at home and I'm like now quarantining in like a different room for my whole family. And I take another COVID test Sunday night, negative. Monday morning, negative. Monday night, negative. And I'm like doing calls and meetings from this sick couch that I'm on, you know, and I'm just feeling worse and worse and worse. So finally Wednesday, I go to the doctor and I'm like, do I have the flu? Like, what do I have? And she's like, nothing, you have allergies. And literally I was out in the woods Oh, and we were on the back deck. We did a whole day of meetings, like on the back deck of this like cabin we were staying in. And it made complete sense. I was like, oh, this is like my seasonal allergies just kicking in a month and a half early because I was out there in this musty. We had a, we had a chimney fire in this place. Oh, you were there like that night. And there's like the whole house filled with smoke. It was, it was a whole thing. Did you forget to open the flu? No, no. We had a fire in the fire, but they just hadn't cleaned it, I guess. Oh, I see. And like the chimney like caught on fire. Oh, that's terrifying. It was really scary. But like, you know, these just things were just, the house didn't catch on fire and all that stuff was just great. It was like a whole masonry deal. It wasn't bad. But I was like out and I was so scared. I couldn't do anything. We, I couldn't meet with you to do anything. Like it was just like, don't come close. We have to, we had to, I had to cancel so many things. Being sick is a pain in the ass. It is. You know, this whole time I have somehow managed to be the unicorn who has, never ever had a positive COVID test. Wow. I, I I mean, I was very cautious during the first 2020 and 2021, but honestly, the last year I have really been taking no precautions at all. And I still, I've only had it once. Don't I feel, have it. You're like the ultra super avoider. I, I am somehow. Let me, you know, knock on wood. I guess I'm really asking for it maybe to to land on me this yeah, week. Yeah, I'm like, you're going to get it this testing week. Testing fate. You're going to wait till Valentine's Day. Well, the, like, fuck. Darn. <laughs> can't work Valentine's service. Well, I want to give a big shout out to my wife who took care of the house and the kids while I was out on this retreat. And then I get back from the retreat and then I'm in a quarantine situation for four days and now i'm out of town all week this week where are you going uh, i'm going to south lake tahoe oh heavenly wow ski resort that's amazing we're doing a uh another it's a work trip wow wink wink i mean it, it's a work trip but okay. we're we go and it's a, we have a lot of stuff agenda to, to accomplish but there will be snowboarding involved Wow, that sounds really fun. Yeah, I'm really excited. Good for you. So I leave um, Monday and I'll be back on Saturday. All right. Well, have fun skiing. Be careful. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll do it. But we're here today to record a new episode of The Roundup. Well, Brandon, I have Lots some, of topics to talk about today. I have some really exciting news for our Monday morning here, which is Nashville is very well represented in the James Beard nominations. That, Hell yeah, they are. That came out this past week. Uh, we have five different Nashvilleians nominated, or shouldn't say Nashvilleians, but but restaurants, people, whatever, nominated. Uh, the first Slim and Huskies has been nominated for Outstanding Restaurateur. It's amazing. So exciting. Congratulations, guys. Um, Maes de la Vida. Uh, Julio Hernandez has been nominated in the Emerging Chef category. Which I have to say personally on that one, Julio's like, my guy, 
I love him to death. He's like one of the best people in the world. And he let us announce on this show that he was opening his brick and mortar. That's and awesome. I've known him for 10 plus years. He's, he's amazing. I just love that guy. Amazing. Um, Nicole Marchetti has been nominated in the Outstanding Pastry Chef or Baker category. Um, she is the Yolan. pastry chef at Yolan, uh, which, I mean, I hope she wins. Artwork. Absolute, absolute artwork. Artwork, what Just she's doing over there. Spectacular. Never seen anything like it. Um, and then we also have um, Josh from Bastion. This is, He's been nominated, maybe this is his fifth time, I want to say, in, I don't, I don't. In, this, in the Best Chef Southeast category. So Really? Yeah, he's been nominated quite a few times. Uh, so fingers crossed, Josh. I hope this is your year. Another dude who's very well deserved. One of my favorite interviews we've ever done here. And then Trevor over at Locust. The hits keep coming for him. Uh, who, who is that? Trevor uh, Moran at Locust. I've never heard of that one. I'm just kidding. Oh my God. <laughs> if you can see Caroline's face right now, she's like, What are you talking about? I was legitimately about to say, Brandon, we have to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's amazing. I love what they're doing yes. over there. That guy is just out of control. Locust is. Probably one of the best restaurants I've ever been to in my life. It is just absolutely spectacular and so special and unique. Um, so, well, let me say if you um, want to learn more about Josh Habiger over at um, at Bastion, I was going to pull up when he was on the show so you could go listen to it, but it was a long time ago, and I can't find it right now. Well. But- you know what? Go back and look at our old episodes. You can find an episode with Josh Habiger. And you can find two episodes with um, Julio Hernandez from Maiz de la Vida. The corn of life. The corn of life. Uh, so something else interesting that's been going on in town this week is uh, that Dave Portnoy from Barstool Sports. Stool President. Barstool. El Presidente is uh has been in town and has been going around to various pizzerias in nashville to do his one bite challenge so anybody who's not familiar with this uh he has an instagram account where he goes to pizzerias orders takeout takes he's supposedly one bite but usually takes five or six bites of a pizza and then he rates it on a completely made up uh an arbitrary scale uh, rating system and posts it to his 4 million followers. Uh, and so he's been in town. He has been to Midnight Oil in the Nations. He's been to Dicey's. He's been to Manny's and he came to Nikki's Coal Fired. You know, I think that we should listen to that. The review that he gave of us, it's really long. It's it's quite long and rambling. Okay, we don't listen to it. <laughs> go, go. He uh, said good things. He did say good things. Yes, thankfully. Um, but what do you think of this guy, Brandon? So many feelings. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what I feel about him. I'm not, I'm not a big fan. I mean, as far as like just his smug kind of, I, I kind of respect the fact he doesn't give a fuck. Like he just he's just kind of those guys that's just like is what it is. But at the same point, he's he's a he's a piece of shit. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, I mean he's not a he's, fan at all. I don't know if he's a good person. Like I don't think he's a good person. I don't I don't no, I think some of the stuff he does is funny or interesting, but like that's 
I mean, I think it's easy to not give a fuck when you're an entitled rich white asshole from a rich family. There's that. <laughs> There's that. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know enough about, I, I, I don't, I'm like, I'm not like a fan. Like I don't, I don't, I, was, I just looked up his Instagram. I don't follow him. Like I should pr- probably hit follow and see like what he's putting out there to see what the pizza reviews are. Cause I like to see yours and that kind of stuff. But like, I don't, I don't think he's doing good things for our culture and our community. I, I yes, I, I agree with you there. And I think maybe that's part of my problem. Um, you know, we knew that he came in. He didn't post the review until like a week after he came in. And I just, here, here's why it bugs me. Even though he gave us a good review, I was going back through some of his more recent reviews and most of the places he reviews are small independent businesses. Yeah, mom and pops. And to and and he drags a lot of these places. He's really critical. There was one he posted recently of a food truck and uh somewhere in the Keys and he said this looks like shit. Drive by as fast as you can. Don't stop. And I'm just like if you don't like it that's okay. But to have been given so much in life, to have such great fortune, to have probably all of the things that you ever dreamed of having and more, you know, the the lifestyle, the money, the homes, the, the private jets, the access, just all of the great fortune that you've been handed in life, to then use your platform to denigrate somebody who is probably struggling a lot more than you are you know that that to me says a lot about a person who who has so much and uses it in such a bad way if you want to do pizza reviews to highlight places that you love that's one thing totally different thing there there's a guy on tiktok i can't think of his name he uh i think he's on the west coast and he has a ton of followers on TikTok. And that's actually what he does. He goes to these mom and pop places. People will send him a message and say, Hey, I work at this place. It's really great. We're really struggling, but our food's really good. Will you please come in and try and give us a review? And that's what he does. He, he uses his platform to elevate and that's what Guy Fieri does. Uh, that I, that's I agree. And dies. Exactly. He finds the small places in America that are amazing and he goes in and he gives them a massive Shot in the arm. Exactly. And Whatever you think about the guy, he's basically building up small businesses. 100% he is. It's it's almost like reality TV, right? I mean, all of this stuff kind of comes together. And I've been watching um, Hell's Kitchen. And I watched a few. I know you love John Taffer in Bar I Rescue. Because he's so out of control. But he finds places that are not doing well, that are terrible. And then he kind of exploits them for his own television well, show. But then, I'm, I'm just saying, then he wants to help them. He comes in, but like, he's not finding great places and showing how great that he's finding people that are struggling really hard no matter what. And then he puts them on a TV show and then says, I'll help you. But does he, re- I mean, I, there's a side of this that's like, you come in for a week and you yell at somebody, tell them how shitty they are and how bad of a job they're doing. And then you give the place a quick little facelift and then you kind of, then you're out. Like there's so many, it's like alcoholism. To be fair though, places that apply to be on Hell's Kitchen or Bar Rescue or even, you know, maybe in some cases get get headhunted, they 
they are inviting that into their True. business. That is their choice. I did not invite Dave Portnoy to my business. As a matter of fact, Tony and I had had this conversation before about Tony said, hey, you know, they're opening a bar stool in Nashville. He's going to come here. I'm like, no, he's not. No, he's not. Tony's like, he is going to come here at some point. How are we going to handle it? Did Tony make the pizza? That's a whole different story. No, he didn't. But we were very happy with how it turned out. We thought our pizza looked great. Our pizza always looks great. <laughs> well, that's a um, huge testament to you that even like if you didn't even know he was there, right. and you just ordered a random pizza and you didn't even know it right. and he loved it, then and, it's and, not like, oh, listen, I got to make it really good. Fortunately, we had a great review from him and we are grateful for that exposure. But at the same time, I can't help but feel the guilt for the other business that also did not invite him to come in and post and criticize that didn't get a good review. I, I just think it's shitty. And yes, I, is Hell's Kitchen and Bar Rescue and all these shows exploitive and, and all of these things? Yes, they can be that. But again, there's a difference of that was invited. True. Right? Yeah. And I don't think anybody at this point at least has invited one of these shows to come to their business. Tony, Tony and I love these shows actually. And his criticism of Hell's Kitchen or Kitchen Nightmares is, you know that Gordon's going to go through your walkthrough, clean your walkthrough walk or your walk-in. Sorry. Yeah. He's going to go through your walk-in, clean it, clean it up. You apply What's wrong for with the you? show, clean your walk-in. You know, that's the first thing he's going to do. Uh, the, the one that my favorite one we did, we actually, you did a podcast. Like early in the pandemic, you and Tony did. We recorded one together. Oh yeah, we wanted to do our uh, our favorite episodes of restaurant reality shows because we do love restaurant reality shows. And I'm not talking about the mind of a chef or any of these. Uh, Stanley no, like Tucci goes to Italy. Silly ones like very the low brow. When he goes into that place, is it Cat and so whatever the the place is? I think it's like Tucson, Arizona. Where they're just absolutely... Amy's Baking Company? Amy, oh my God. I think that's the best television show it's of all time. wild. I mean, just if you've never seen it on Kitchen Nightmares, Amy's Baking Company is the best hour of television you're going to watch. It's phenomenal. Another good one is uh, much less known, but Hotel Hell, in the same vein as uh, Kitchen Nightmares... Uh, there's an episode where the lady who owns a hotel is a share impersonator and just tons across the board. Can't recommend it enough. I'm going to have to watch that. I don't think I've seen that. It's, oh my gosh. And I was just sick for a week. Well, you, you missed out. Have you watched white Lotus? Oh, of course. Do you think that was like the greatest show of all time? Uh, n I wouldn't say it's the greatest show of all time, but I really enjoyed it a lot. D you? Do you think it's the greatest show of all time? I watched season one again when I was sick, just because I, just I wanted to, and it was great because I got to, there's so much foreshadowing that I missed watching it the first time. You lay in bed and you watch it with your wife, and it's like, I nod off every time, I have to go back and catch up, and watching it, like, all six episodes back to back, like, binging it, was really, it was like watching a six-hour movie, and it was great. I, love, I haven't watched season two again, but just the concept, the premise, because I'm in the service industry, and you watch like the character of Armand. Fantastic. It's one of the greatest characters. That guy 
was just the most amazing. I don't want to, I'm not going to give any spoilers here, so you don't have to turn off or anything. I'm not going to tell you what happens, but the hotel manager in season one was an absolute, just the most amazing character I think ever. Really great. Well, so speaking of TV shows, I know that we have a little hometown hero on the current season of Hell's Kitchen. Yes, we do. Are you watching it? Yes. I am Tell up, me everything. I am up to date. So if you're Spoiler not, alert. Yeah, if you're not up to date on Hell's Kitchen, uh, Battle of the Ages. Hell's Kitchen, Battle of the Ages. Oh, is that what it is? Like old school, new school? It was chefs in their 20s versus chefs in their 40s. Oh. So Alex Ballou. And so it's all people in their 40s left? <laughs> It's all people in their 20s left. Is it really? Yeah. Well, there's Alex is the oldest one left, I believe. Everybody else is younger. The girl who just got eliminated, her name was Cheyenne, and she was 21. She was in the final five. Wow. All black jackets. Uh, yeah. I think that he is the, Alex is the last of, member of the 40s. Wow. And I think he's going to win. Okay. I do not have knowledge of this. I, I'm not caught up on it. Um, but I watched the first couple of episodes and my, my impression right away was, Alex is definitely going to win. I think he has the leadership ability. I mean, the idea you is... You can just tell he really knows what he's doing. Because a lot of people on that show are not necessarily home chefs, but there's a lot of people that you can just tell have really never worked in a professional kitchen. They're like, oh, I have a catering company I run in my she shed or whatever, you know. Well, then there's some business owners there too. And, sure. And, you know, so you're a business owner. doesn't mean you can't cook. But if you're not doing it every day, because you're running a business, so they're getting these business owners who are in there. And one of the girls, I think one, one woman said, um, I don't cook professionally. I'm though. not used to doing this. I own a business. I'm not used to cooking on the line. It's like, well, this is a chef show. And Alex technically is is wonderful. He is ability to put food together and lead people has been really good to see. The winner gets to be the new chef at the Atlantic City Hell's Kitchen. I just don't see Alex doing that. <laughs> Not for any reason. I just don't think he wants to be the chef. If, if you're asking me, because I know Alex. I like Alex. He's a good dude, like, and all the way around. Like, he's a talented guy, but I don't think he wants to go be the chef at Hell's Kitchen. I think he... Well, and take, I think he wants to be a celebrity chef. I think he wants to be more like of a... Like a food network? Yeah, I think he wants to be somebody who shows up cooks he's a great he has such a personality for it and i think you take a guy like that with that personality and you put him in a kitchen at hell's kitchen in atlantic city and it's like i don't think he wants to be running a kitchen doing food costs and running like well, the listen, grind of it i don't know alex but i have been to caesar's in atlantic city and i can't imagine anyone would want to be a chef there because it is a capital d dump not now there are some nice casinos on the strip in atlantic city but Caesars is unacceptably dumpy for how much money I know they make as an organization. Yeah. And he's got a beautiful wife and he's got two boys also. It's funny because he and I have a lot of parallels in our, our life and I just don't see him wanting to move his family to Atlantic city to do that. <laughs> Even if he wins, I'm, I'm seem like, Oh good. I get to go be the chef at this hotel now that I don't really, maybe he has to do like some like prison stand of like two years there and then he can go be, <laughs> I don't know how it works. Imagine he'd win or he'll like tank it to become second place. Well, win or lose, Alex, we're wishing you lots of good luck. And good we've got to have you on the show as soon as the finale airs. He, I've already met. I've already talked to him about it. He Perfect. Said he, he's in L.A. the week that it like, airs. airs. 
and uh, he will. He has not given me one iota. And I told him, "Oh I was no, like, they I, sign major NDAs." He was like, "Dude, I'm not even coming close to doing anything to tell you anything." And I'm like, I, "That's fine. I don't need." Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know anybody in his camp, and I haven't. I have no. All, everything is just speculation, but I can't see him losing. Well, fingers but crossed. I feel so bad for him, though. Let me tell you why I feel bad for him, because he has absolutely excelled on every episode and he loses every episode so like if you win if your team wins then you get to go on this excursion throughout the day in a limo and you go eat this amazing food and you do some fun activity while the other people have to prep the food for that night service and every week like his dish is like alex this is perfect you've done an amazing job and then it's like the rest of your team sucked <laughs> and like the, but the the other team the red team or whatever he was on the blue team the red team squeaked by the win so he lost every week because his and all of his teammates are gone he's made it through but now it's like the final four and it's all just one team but he hasn't he's like been the best competitor the entire time and he hasn't got to go do all the fun things it's a real underdog story i just i just hate it for him because it sucks having to shell purple hold peas for six hours that that is unfortunate that's like the punishment or go through the trash and sort dead fish guts and it's like they hang out with that blue haired guy all day all day it seems nice enough sure so anyway uh yeah reality tv you watching the bachelor uh of course okay it started now bachelor yeah. season five million yeah my wife is over it uh it's i think i think it's it's over i think i she's like the show has jumped the shark i thought that during the pandemic when they were doing the whole at one location mm -hmm. that it was what it was. Well, this has nothing to do with food or restaurant radio. Although I will say I, I have a group of friends that I watch the bachelor with, you know, as many Mondays as we can. And we have this card game. That's kind of like a betting game where everybody draws a card. And if the thing that's on your card happens while you're watching the show, everybody has to give you a dollar. And, uh, one of the cards is someone actually eats the food at dinner. <laughs> not gonna happen no one's ever gotten a dollar for that one yeah yet, no but nobody gets a dollar you know we're one. holding out hope not gonna happen anyway it's it's episode one well if it gets good we'll talk about it because i love talking about that kind of stuff and if somebody eats the food we'll we'll relate it to the show yeah really exciting <laughs> stuff uh so brandon i'm gonna switch gears a little bit Thank and you. uh i wanted to get your thoughts on uh a headline that was making the rounds recently so are you familiar with the ServeSafe certification program? Of course. Okay. For our listeners who may not know what ServeSafe is, tell us, can you tell us just like a quick? Yeah. I mean, in a kitchen, in a restaurant, there's a lot of different things that you have to understand. Cross-contamination, 4140, how you store things, how fast you have to chill things. There's, there's a bunch of just different safety standards that are pretty much prerequisites. In a lot of states... You have to be serve safe certified. Yes. We have our managers be serve safe certified. Everybody in the restaurant has to be serve safe certified. Same. But a lot of um, like Cisco's and US Foods, those Gordon Food Service, those companies will offer that. They can offer it to people. But typically there's a price for it. And then you come in and you get a little certification. And then it's, it's a really good program in the sense that if you're new to the business or you don't know what cross-contamination is or how it works, it's a really educational thing. I think it's a standard. Once you've done it one time, you sure. get the – you don't need to be like recertified Or if you've been to culinary school, usually in culinary school you do a serve-safe yeah, certification. Yeah, so the whole thing. 
essentially, um, you know, you can do it as like, it's, it's an online class. Mm -hmm. You sit in front of your computer for three or four hours. I can't remember something like that. And it's, you know, you go through kind of all these online modules and you learn about food safety and health and contamination. Uh, and you have to pay it's, there's a fee associated for taking this class and getting the certification. Um, and as Brandon said, Tennessee is not a state that requires everyone to have it, but certain members of management have to have it. But some, this is a nationwide course. And in some states, it is required for every employee to get ServeSafe. So ServeSafe is created um, by the National Restaurant Association, which is the federal lobbying group that uh, works on behalf of restaurant owners and operators. And uh, when you pay to get your ServeSafe certification, this money goes to the National Restaurant Association. Well, so the headline and kind of controversy surrounding this recently is that the National Restaurant Association working theoretically on behalf of restaurant owners, restaurant corporations, is a group that actively lobbies federal and state governments against raising the minimum wage for workers and against raising the tipped minimum wage for workers. However, many of these workers that they are lobbying against raising their wages are the very people who have to pay the restaurant association to get their safe certification. Herein lies the rub. I mean, it's a massive conflict of interest. And I think a lot of workers maybe didn't even realize this until recently. I guess technically I I realized all of the parts to this, but I had never connected those dots and thought about it in that kind of cyclical term. Let's break this down a little bit. Can we take this in bite-sized pieces? Let's do it. Why do they lobby against raising minimum wage? Why does the Restaurant Association lobby against its workers? Because the Restaurant Association works on behalf of ownership. And when we say the Restaurant Association works on behalf of ownership, while they would probably tell you they work on everyone's behalf, they don't work on behalf of ownership like myself. They work on behalf of ownership of... Applebee's. Applebee's. Oh, Charlie's. Culver's. Yeah. You know, these types of massive corporations... That can pay them a lot of money. Exactly. Are the companies that pay them to lobby on their behalf to say we are going to lobby your state and the federal government so that you don't have to provide health care as a mandatory. So you don't have to, you know, adjust your tipped wage. So you don't have to, you know, raise the minimum wage from what is it now? seven twenty five to $15 an hour, that sort of thing. So. Okay. So they are. Okay. So I, I see that. I mean, I don't. I, okay. So that's why they're doing it. That's why they're doing it. And then they've created, so ServeSafe is something that they own? Yes. Now, I don't know the answer. I'm just, I'm, I'm learning these things as you're telling it is, me here. It is owned and administered and run by the National Restaurant Association. So then, there's, so then the, the government is then saying everybody has to be served. Is there another option? Well, I wouldn't say the federal government is saying that, but Local states state and municipalities are saying that. Is there another option? Is there a, does it have to be that particular serve safe certified or is there like a serve almost safe certified that you can do is there is there a government function that offers that at well, all free so, of charge so somebody please write in uh and and let me know if i'm misunderstanding this but i believe that serve safe is the official required course 
So while there may be other programs available, I believe as it pertains to the law and what certain health departments require, it must be specifically the serve safe course. You almost think that restaurants would pay for people to do that. There's a company. A lot of restaurants do pay for it. We when uh, we pay for our managers yeah. to do it. But I think that the issue is that in some states, perhaps where everyone on the team is required to do it, it is a contingency of your employment to say, hey, you have to pay the, I don't know, what is it, $35? I'm actually going to look it up really, really quick. Yeah, I don't know the answer. It's almost, you know, there's a lot of different things you have to do. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to do. I think it'd be great if there was a government program that helped do that. It wasn't something that the National Restaurant Association owned. So I, I agree. I, I think it is a conflict of interest that they own it and they're lobbying against it. And they're saying, so yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. I, I, I you know, I, sorry, I can't find this uh, information very quickly about how much it costs. My internet is not running. You know, it's okay. We're going to take it. Why don't we do that? We'll take a quick break to hear a couple words from our sponsors. When you hear that sound, it's probably too late. You need a guy. I want to be your guy. I'm Kevin with Corson Fire and Security, and I'm a restaurant territory account manager. Do you know who's doing your inspections at your restaurant? Please reach out to me at 615-974-2932, and I'll be glad to come out and take a quick look and look at all your fire safety inspection needs. If you're building a new restaurant, we can help with that too. As far as kitchen suppression, fire extinguishers, emergency lights, we do it all. One stop, one shop. Call Kevin at 615-974-2932. Let me be your guy, Nashville. Hey, this is Jason Ellis with Nashville Super Source. We're so proud to be a sponsor for Nashville Restaurant Radio. We would love the opportunity to discuss your chemical and dish machine program with you. If you have any needs or any questions about your current program, opening a new restaurant, or just need a double set of eyes on that, we'd love the opportunity to help you with that. My number is 770-337-1143. We don't do any contracts, no minimums, weekly service to make sure that all your equipment is functioning properly. Make sure you have everything that you need. Again, my name is Jason Ellis, 770-337-1143. You know, when I say that we're powered by Gordon Food Service, what does that mean? It means that they partner with Nashville Restaurant Radio. They help give me ideas. They bring in so much help. You know, I call them all the time with ideas. They're just so engaged in everything that we do. And this is a podcast. Imagine if they were working with you and your business. That is exactly what they do. They partner with you. If you work with a broadliner right now, you're buying your food from somebody and you haven't seen your rep in a long time, or they don't come and continuously bring you ideas, you need to be working with one company and one company that really can help you succeed. That's what Gordon Food Service does. I know this from experience. I worked with Gordon Food Service for 10 years, and these guys are the real deal. You need to call Paul Hunter if your current experience is not like that. His number is 615-945-6753. Just ask him. Say, hey, man, can we just have a conversation about it? It's not going to be a hard sell, but they want to figure out how they can partner with you better. So really... 
call Paul Hunter over at Gordon Food Service. And I want to say a big thank you to Gordon Food Service for everything they do for this podcast. And again, I don't take money from local restaurants. I want to support the local industry and they are down to do that. And that is why they're supporting us because they want to support you. So thank you, Gordon Food Service, for powering everything that we do here at Nashville Restaurant Radio. And welcome back um, from our little break there. You you like Gordon Foods. You use Gordon Foods. Oh, don't we you? love Gordon Food Service. And I do not just say that because they're a sponsor. I have been a longtime lover of Gordon Food Service, even since back my days in Chicago. Uh, every restaurant that I worked at that used Gordon, they were always just the best. Everybody that comes in that sees the Gordon thing behind us is like, dude, I love those guys, man. And you know, they don't like, they don't go over the top and like beat their chest. But like, they, the thing that I love the most about them, and I'll tell you this real quick, I know we get into the service safe stuff, is that. They do what they say. Like they they follow up and they're like, I really feel like they are a partner in what I do versus a lot of companies that say they're going to do a lot of stuff and then don't do it. I agree. I think that Gordon, for being such a big company, I feel that they treat us with the same respect that I feel from our smaller vendors. Whereas experiences that I've had with other broadline companies, I haven't felt that same kind of, you know, respect or care for us as a customer. And that's big. That's, that's a it's big deal. It's huge. So we were talking about SurfSafe. And yeah, you're so you're looking up the total how much does SurfSafe cost? So it's $36, which listen, this might not seem like a ton of money, but think of from the perspective of someone who's maybe a server at Applebee's that, you know, is making 213 an hour and when you make 213 an hour, let's say that I'm a server at Applebee's. I'm guaranteed 213 an hour. I come in for my shift. It's a really slow shift and I only make $36 the cost of a serve safe course in tips. And that's before taxes are taken out. Now, if you are a tipped employee and your 213 an hour plus the tips that you make do not equal 725 an hour, the employer is required to pay you the difference. Yes. But essentially, they are only required to pay you the difference. If you don't make 725 an hour. So you can go in and work and only make 725 an hour and you might say, "Well, there's tons of jobs, you know, everywhere is hiring right now. That might be so in Nashville, but what if you live, you know, out in a country place? Sheboygan. You know, well, Sheboygan's a pretty big town. <laughs> Have you ever been to Sheboygan? No. <laughs> uh, I think Sheboygan's got more. It's just like saying Sheboygan. <laughs> but, you know, here's what I think about. You know, I drive back and forth from Nashville to Chicago a lot, and you think about these little towns that you drive through when you stop at a Love's or a rest stop, and you see maybe one one or two things. Maybe they don't even have an Applebee's. There's like a McDonald's and that's it. So, you know, what if you live in a town where that's the only option and you don't have other places to work? You don't have other opportunities and I know I'm with you. I, I um a federal minimum wage of fifteen dollars an hour would would be really helpful. So back to Gordon Food Service. Yeah. There's a company called Back of House. Okay, back of house. I don't know how far progressed they are. I don't know if I'm supposed to be talking about it. Okay. They have a, they have a, I think they have a podcast, Back of House podcast. But what they do is they have a website. It's like backofhouse.com, backofhouse.com. And they curate technology sites. So you can go and look at restaurant technology and it reviews them and you can look at them and see what they cost and all that stuff. It's a really kind of a cool, it's like an Angie's list, but for restaurant tech. But they have a program where they're putting together a surf safe equal like it's a it's a similar sort of a deal as serve safe and they offer restaurants to 
sign up for back of the house and the whole thing, but then they offer it to every employee at like a super discounted rate. So restaurants can like subscribe to this and it counts for that certification. I don't know what, where they are stages in planning. They were talking about sponsorship of the, Hey, we would like to get the word out about this. I need to do some research on that because that could be something, you know, and I think this is something that, that is sponsored by GFS. Well, so think, it might be interesting to talk to them and maybe they can offer us a little more insight into what exactly the health department requirement is. Is it, is it, as I believe, only serve safe or are there alternative programs where people who don't feel right about paying into this lobbying group, which, I, you know, I'm not saying, you know, that I'm landing on, you know, the side of the restaurant association or not. I, I do think that there's some good things that they do. I, you know, but I, I think that in this case, in this, this is wrong. Yeah. I do think that this is wrong. Uh, I will say that if you are out there and you need to be serve safe certified, you need to find somebody to serve safe. You need to serve safe certify your team. If they're not, contact your contact your uh, broadliner. Contact your broadline. Whoever you're purchasing your. If you're buying from five of them, shame on you. If you have <laughs> one major broadliner that you're partnering with, then um, check with them, and they'll. A lot of times they can arrange a class and do like eight people. They have somebody come to your building and do like eight, ten, twenty people at a time. And they cover the cost on that. Any company that you're spending money with on a regular basis should should give want to you, offer that. Should give you some things. We just recently we have a new beverage manager and uh, she's been bartending for a long time and she's really awesome. Been with our team for a long time, but this is her first time in this management role. And she said to me recently, "Hey, we really need some new bar mats. Can you can I go on Amazon and please order some new bar mats?" And I said, "Absolutely not. Reach out to the distributors and tell them we need bar mats." She's like. Oh, really? I can do that? I said, yes. Yeah. I said, if you ever need bar mats, a fruit tray, wine keys, uh, bottle openers, anything, I said, do not buy it. Ask the liquor companies for it. But this is a this is a great opportunity to talk about relationships. And we're going off topic on the other thing, but like a lot of this stuff kind of plays together. If you're an owner, how you leverage some of this stuff. You need your menus printed. You need menu engineering. You need uh, like... So many people feel like big broadline companies and these other companies don't care about them. You can just ask them for stuff. And you can do that when they're partners. This is what's about the partnership, of course. If you you buy everything from somebody, one person, and you commit to them, they will go beyond measures to help you. And you just have to ask them. And sometimes they'll bring that stuff to you. They should bring it to you. But most of the time, if you're buying from five different companies, then you can go to one and they're going to be like, no, buy ask one of the other five people you're buying from. But if you have one broadline company that you've partnered with, and I would recommend everybody partner with a broadline company, they'll do so many things for you. If and you it want never hurts to ask. I always come from the position of it never hurts to ask. The worst case scenario, they don't have something that you need or they can't help you with something, but what if they can? It can save you a lot of trouble. Dave Ramsey says, every time you go out somewhere, ask for the employee discount. That is so obnoxious. Like if you go to like Macy's and you're buying clothes, like, hey, can I get that 15% off? And like, what? And like the 15% off, just, I mean, you can do it. Give me 15. He goes, you'd be surprised how many times that person went there goes, yeah, no problem. I got a coupon right here. Interesting. And they'll just do it like all the time. But you, if you don't ask for it, you're never going to get it. Well, now, I wouldn't recommend doing that. If you go to Nikki's, <laughs> don't walk in because you're actually, if there's a guy at the counter that can give you an employee and discount, you know what? taking money out of your pocket. No, but honestly, my team is so nice that they would probably be like, 
oh, yeah, did you used to work here? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, and that a lot of people take advantage of that. But, like, if you're, like, at a national chain or something, Dave Ramsey always says, ask him for a discount. Just ask for a discount. Hey, can I have a discount? Like, why? I don't know. And this, so people get so, like, off guard that you ask them for a discount. Most of the time, there's, like, sure, I just pushed this button. We're doing a special right now. If you didn't know about it, you didn't know about it. But, yeah, I'll give you 20%. I went to Express the other day. I had a I, so Express for men. It was just to, I don't know, to express. I'm, I'm just joking. Go ahead. So we had a party the other day, right? And this unreasonable hospitality, which is the Brandon's book club book. And we're going to be doing our book club meeting on February the 8th, I believe. Yes. Wednesday, conflict February of, 8th. Conflict of interest there. I just realized on my calendar. Anyhow, um, one of the things is they just go above and beyond. We had a, we had a party the other day that called in a celebration of life. And they said, we have 39 people. We need to come in. It's like tomorrow. You know, we're like, oh, oh those things, you can't plan them. And so they said, it's really, this person was a, you know, lived in Brentwood forever, yada, yada. And they said, one of the things in her will was that she wanted everybody at the funeral to wear pink. Everybody at the funeral needs to wear pink. And she goes, so we're going to have like 39 people. We're all going to be wearing pink. If you're wondering what's going on, it is a celebration life, but we're all wear pink because it's in her, in her will. And so I was sitting there and I was like, what servers are working that party? And I go, they should have pink shirts on. I love that. Right? Shouldn't they be wearing pink shirts too? So I went to the two servers at work in the party and I was like, do you have a pink dress shirt? And they're like, no. And I said, okay. So I went to JCPenney and I went to Macy's and I went to Belk and Dillard's and Target. And I could not find a woman's pink dress shirt and a men's pink dress shirt that wasn't like $110. Sure. I didn't want to spend it. So randomly walking by Express and I see, I'm like, I, I, I don't, nothing fits me in there, so I can't go there. But I walked in and the clearance rack, I found a nice pink men's dress shirt that was like $39.99, but it was on 50% off. So I was like, ooh, that's right in my wheelhouse. And I found a woman's dress shirt that was $58. And I told the woman, I was like, that's just more really than I want to spend on this shirt for somebody to wear for two hours. She's like, I'll hook you up. Hold on. And we walked over there, and she goes, I got a coupon back here. It was $23.99 after she did that. Nice. The $58 shirt. And I was like, thank you. She was like, what are you doing with this? And I kind of told her some of the story. And she's like, oh, my God, I would have just given it to you. And I was like, well, you, I don't want that. But a $39.99 at 50 it was $100 in clothes that I got for like $48. Love that. And that's a really thoughtful gesture. That's really nice. They, I'm sure that... The people loved it. The they people, were very touched. The guests loved it. And then the servers were like, dude, thanks for the shirt. These are Versus it being like some crabbies. They got express clothes. Nice. That they were like, hey, I'll wear this outside of work. And I was like, cool. Well, I have uh, I have kind of one more topic that's in the news uh, that I was, I was thinking maybe I was going to save it for a different show, but you brought up Dave Ramsey. So. Let's go. <laughs> I haven't listened to Dave Ramsey in years I went to the Financial Peace University when my wife and I first got married in like 2007. Okay. So. Well, I have never listened to Dave Ramsey. Quite frankly, I only know Dave Ramsey through his myriad of controversies that yeah. I read about in the news. Uh, and this, in the last couple of weeks, um, maybe week before last, the Supreme Court announced that they were going to take up a case that pertains to um, religious exemptions in the workplace. And um, was just kind of curious, you know, what what your thoughts were on this. Some of the criticism about it is that, um, you know, it opens up workplaces to discriminate against LGBTQ plus people. Um, to when you say religious exemptions, what do you mean? So 
it pertains to, I think that here's, here's a great example of it, uh, is the Hobby Lobby uh, birth control issue. Are you familiar with this? No. So this is a few I'm years already old. Already like um, annoyed by it though. <laughs> so this is a few years old and uh, Hobby Lobby uh, under the uh, Obamacare is required. They're a large enough company that they're required to provide health care for their employees. But they um, refuse to pay for um, any sort of contraceptives for uh, they would not cover contraceptive health care. Fuck them. Because uh, they said that it was against their religion to cover contraceptive health care. Okay. Uh, so um, this is also could pertain to uh, one of the other examples that I read in this article was about if you, you know, we all know the kind of Colorado bakery that refused to make a wedding cake for a gay couple. And if you are an employee of a bakery that is, making a wedding cake for a gay couple, you can say, I refuse to make this cake because that's against my religion. I think that's hateful. Um, I think that's wrong. And I will categorically say, stop purchasing anything from any company that does that. Another, uh, another example would be that uh, some religions consider women to be subordinate to men in their religion. And so how does that apply? To the workplace. Um, and I think it needs to all stay out of the workplace. Every ounce of that needs to stay out of the workplace. And so what would you say then, and, you know, I just bring this up for kind of, you know, the sake of conversation. What would you say to an employee who says, I can't work on Sundays because I'm very involved in my church and I take Sundays off because I want to honor that that's well, the, very up front, Lord's Day. Sunday's a very busy day for us. We do brunch. It's a very busy day. And on the front end, while we're interviewing people, one of the prerequisites is that you have to have full availability. I hire full-time people. I want full-time employees working there. I mean, I do have part-time employees, but really I want full-time employees. And on the front end, it is understood you will work on a Sunday. And if they say, I can't work on Sundays, then you don't have the availability that we're, we need. Right. So on the front end, that is a prerequisite that you have to be available on Sundays. That's it. I mean, if you say, I'm sorry, I don't work on Sundays, then I'm sorry, this isn't the job for you. There's a lot of other jobs. You can go find another job. Mm -hmm. But that's something that we need to have full availability from everybody that works there. It doesn't mean you have to work on Sundays, that that's going to be the day that you work. No. But you know what? A lot, Mother's Day is on Sunday and Father's Day is on Sunday. And there's a lot of Sundays that are really Easter big Sunday. days. Easter Sunday. That we need you to be there. And it's not a fair thing for everybody else to do that. And we're a team. We're a team and everybody pitches in and we all do what we have to do and on the front end if you understand that and you look me in the eye and you go i understand that and i get that then that's a it for employment go to church on wednesday yeah i mean do find another time i mean that's just not something that it's not that i disrespect the fact that you like to go to church or you want to go to church i love that I, mean, I have nothing against anybody going to church i i don't go to church on sundays i it would just like doesn't to mesh with your business it doesn't mesh schedule. with my business schedule no and, and our culture you know, our culture is one that is completely different than what you just described at Hobby Lobby. We're not telling every single person that walks in that door is welcome. We have something called emotional tranquility. And emotional tranquility is freedom from emotional stress from outside factors. Like when you're here, when you're at the restaurant, we want this to be a, a sanctuary for you. I don't want you to come in and feel because of anything that's going on with you that you're not okay. And even if, and you're saying, well, what if you're religious on the front end, when you're here, it's about 
taking care of the guest. Everything's about taking care of the guest. And if you work your 40 hours a week, we offer all the stuff you need to do. But I, I don't think there's any place for me to tell you that we're not going to offer you birth control or we're not going to offer you any kind of contraceptive or we're going to limit anything or I just don't, I, I'm not, that's not, a, that's not, that's not workplace to me. I, I would be very interested. I've always been very fascinated by, um, by legal issues and just kind of how laws are written and how laws work. I wonder if we can maybe find an attorney to come in and do an episode with us and talk about some of these like workplace legal issues. I think that would be a cool show because, you know, of course I, I completely agree with you. I am against any type of discrimination in the workplace. I, I don't like any of this. I will say again, kind of, you know, uh, for argument's sake, is there another side to this that we aren't considering perhaps, you know, in earlier episodes we were talking about uh, Candace Owens had tried to host an event at my restaurant and that I would not be agreeable to hosting that. Is that a discrimination issue where someone could say, hey, you discriminated against my organization because of my political beliefs and would that fall under the same type of legal precedent you know or maybe let's say I had an employee who um, was posting things on their social media account that felt um, you know contrary to the culture of my restaurant which for us we consider ourselves to be a safe place for people of all genders and ethnicities and backgrounds and maybe we had an employee who was posting some things that you know we didn't feel like fit with that culture but they could then say we were discriminating against them because they were too conservative or you know and, and these things fortunately haven't happened but I'm just curious kind of where the legalities of all that lies because it can't you know as a law applies to one side of things it would assume it would also apply to the other side, if that makes sense. It makes complete sense. And I, you know, I say these things without a hundred percent of the, the legalities behind them, but I am really confident that um, we have a culture that is set up around taking care of the guest. And on the front end, if every single person, we have an employee handbook that outlines every single aspect of this, you be you. We want you to be authentically you in every single way, right? And I don't want you posting things about our work. I mean, I don't. I think that what you do outside of work is what you do outside of work. But when you're there, we have a uniform. We have codes of conduct. We have things we ask you to do. Everyone's the same. We ask you to not bring it to work. I yeah. don't need you to. We want work to be a safe haven. I want you to come to work and start evangelizing at work. That's not the place for it. I don't want you to come to work and tell me about all the people you slept with last night. That's, this is not the place for it. Like this is a place where people, if whatever you have going on outside, you can come here and leave it behind you for the hours while you're not here. And it's, it's not, we've perfect. all been, we've all been in that situation where, you know, you get, you're, you're friendly, you're making chit chat with the team and an employee will say something like, Oh, I'm so hungover today. It's like, why would you tell me that? I had an I, I had somebody recently who came to work and we unfortunately had to uh, let this person go, but they were just really not doing a great job. And the manager said, what's going on? They said, I'm sorry. I'm just so high right now. <laughs> she said, why would, you say, a, why would have, you say that to me? Like we have a drug and alcohol policy and you're under the influence of a controlled you substance. You literally just said to your manager, I'm so high right now. And then was upset. 
that they got fired. I'm just like, you can't come on, man. But that's that's a decision. We we you know this whole QBQ thing that we live by. This we're we're asked questions of ourselves. What we can do. We put our personal accountability, guys. Personal accountability. Don't come to work hungover. If you come to work hungover and you can't do your job function, you let your team down. Or if you come to work hungover, don't let me know. Don't, yeah, I, We've all been to work hungover. Oh come God, on, it's a, a restaurant industry. But you know what? Slap some makeup on the face, drink a Gatorade. Red Bull eat, and some Advil. Make it happen. Eat a burger and, you know, suck it up. Make it work. Well, anyway, Brandon, on that note, um, I, I, I do want to look into seeing... If you're an employment attorney or if you are a legal professional with some knowledge of this, um, we'd love to have you on the show. So please reach out to us. I think that would make for a really interesting conversation. They're already like contacting my employees to find out, did they tell you that you have to work on Sundays and (laughs) they don't care about your religion? I'm like, I never said that. I never said that. I don't care about your religion or any of that stuff. Prerequisite is that you have full availability to work at the restaurant. That's it. That's the only thing I'm saying. Whatever you want to do on your Sundays is up to you, but you have to have full availability to work for us. We are going to change gears when we get back right after these words from our sponsors. Well, after talking about all this HR related stuff, I think it's only apropos that we talk about NetChecks. NetChecks is your single source for all things payroll, performance management, HR, scheduler. I mean, these are there's so many things that they are able to offer you that it's hard to get it into a 60-second advertisement. I mean, it's just not even possible. But today, the schedule are such so big. We talk about working seven days a week or not working. There's what days you're full availability. Well, if you're still doing your schedule on an Excel spreadsheet, you've got to stop. This will actually help you figure out exactly how many hours people are working. Really works on workload, which is a massive, massive thing you've got to be working on right now. Has a user-friendly schedule builder, employee access and request. It's mobile-optimized has a fully integrated system, and that all pairs with their human resources. You know, they have an employee lifecycle management, HR support center, intuitive self-service in reporting and analytics, because that's what we need. We need to, be able to take that scheduling, take everything, and put it into a dashboard so that I can see who's working, when they're working, how they're working, and who's working too much. I mean, you know, sometimes we gotta we gotta manage burnout. That's so important, and NetChecks does it all. Uh, you need to go to netchecks.com. That is N-E-T-C-H-E-X.com. Or you can call Lauren Domain. And let me tell you, Lauren is the restaurant specialist over there, and she knows your business. That's the key. If you work with somebody right now that doesn't understand your business, you need to work with somebody that gets the restaurant industry. Her number is 615-319-9200. You know, we were talking about Gordon Food Service earlier, and I have to talk about what chefs want. These guys have been doing it since 2005, working with locally owned and operated restaurants to help them succeed. Literally, that's how they got the name for their company. They are what chefs want because they do what chefs want. They're not telling you how to run your business. They want to find solutions. So how do they do it? They offer no minimums. You want to order one each avocado? Done. They'll do it. They deliver daily. One of the things chefs said they wanted was Sunday deliveries. Why don't people deliver on Sundays? Sundays is not that hard to deliver on. It's just another day. Nobody will do it. They will. They understand what you want. They have a diverse product line, and their logistics are second to none. They're in your area. They're going to make the delivery for you. That's what they're here to do because you know what? That's what you want. What Chefs Want is more than just a name of a company. It's their culture. It's their mantra. It's who they are, and I couldn't be more excited to 
talk about them and to partner with them. They're such great people. Uh, I want you to give them a call, 800-600-8510, and uh, set up an account if you don't have one set up already. If you don't know about what chefs want, they have an amazing line of beef, seafood, specialty products, gourmet, produce. I mean, gosh, they've got it all. Uh, delivering seven days a week with no minimums. That is what chefs want. Uh, this coffee is really good. Uh, we we made some coffee in our break, and I will tell you that I had a really fun thing to do. I'm changing gears. Okay. I did something really fun the other day. Tell me. Um, the guys, Ryan and Ryan, over at Frothy Monkey reached out to me, and they said, we are doing our seasonal barista competition. We would like for you to come be a judge. Nice. I know it's not like the craziest thing, but no, I was like, fun. sure, I'm honored. They have got the coolest culture over there at the Frothy Monkey. Oh, yeah, we Went for to their sure. corporate office. And they have this huge training center and with their whole roasting area. And then it was me and, and three other people who were judges. And they brought out like nine different drinks, like new coffee drinks for their spring and summer menu. They were like, I was blown away because I didn't know, like I live in my bubble, Right. And my bubble's a pretty big bubble, but like I'm not a barista. I've never pretended to be a barista. I am a black coffee or I make I try and recreate Fido's local latte every morning at my house with a little bit of cinnamon and local honey and like, you know, steamed milk. I mean, that sounds pretty involved for it's a home coffee. Super easy. I just got like an espresso roast and we make it it's it's the easiest thing you ever do. But it's like cinnamon and honey, right? That mm-hmm. they were making like espresso drinks like cappuccinos and lattes with like purple yams and beets and so many different things and i was like this and there was a girl there i oh god i can't think of her name right now she was amazing i didn't even know where she was from this woman was like the most knowledgeable coffee person i'd ever met like she was like a coffee sommelier awesome and and i was just like the whole time i was like i think it tastes good and she was like (laughs) i'm getting notes of cardamom and this and this if you had a little more allspice plus if you did this and i'm like i thought it was delicious was there a winner uh, yeah we had, they named three winners okay um i don't there's one that was a cortado that luna made shout out to luna that was fantastic uh and then there was two others there was like a um shirley temple kind of a mocktail kind of a thing hmm. it was an iced drink that was made with a homemade like a house made grenadine with like orange blossom and some of the things oh, but it was soda water instead of sprite but it was like really just like the most refreshing beautiful little drink for their summer spring menu and there was another I think there was another cold drink that was made with like um this lemon foam and it was like this like, like a lemon foam that was like really thick and then it was was it a coffee drink it was it had espresso and like ginger and like all this. Ooh, that it was sounds really crazy. good. Crazy! I got pictures of. I all love this stuff. a. Uh, I love a lemon peel in my espresso. I mean, so go to at Brandon underscore NRR, and I'm gonna post pictures on my stories today, and you'll be able to go see some of the different drinks that they made. And I'll try and put. You can see on them who the actual barista was, and next to my little scorecard. It's one of those beautiful, That's great. beautiful well, drinks. So go pay a visit to Frothy soon and try some of these delicious new coffee drinks. Yes. Uh, the, I just was blown away. I just, you know, it's like I got a bike for Christmas. This year? Yeah. Okay. And I got my kids, Santa brought my children bikes. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I just thought you go to Walmart, you buy a bike and you're done. Sure. But I wanted to support a local company, so I went to Trace Bikes right by my house. Oh, no. 
This is a whole world. Like once you dig into like a different side These of something you didn't know, the subcultures, holy cow. And the barista coffee culture was like that to me the other day. I'm like, I know the bar stuff and I know the restaurant stuff, but like this culture and it was neat. Like it was, and, the, and they're, they just like dive in over there. And it was really cool to see their entire team there celebrating each other, rooting for each other. And I think they get like a bonus if they get their drink on the menu and That's they get awesome. name recognition, but like, it was just a really vibey, like cool thing. And I was like, I dig this guys. Like way to go. And they gave it a coffee to go, which was nice too. Cause I've got bonus as we drink this coffee. I'm like, Oh man, it reminds me of this wonderful coffee. I did the other day at frothy. And Monkey. I love frothy's coffee. Great coffee. Not a sponsor, just amazing guys. And just um, nice people. Want to give a shout out. Ryan Pruitt's been on the show and Jamie Pruitt, who runs their bakery, has been on the show. Nice. Amazing people. Love those guys. Yes. Great neighbors. They're they're right there, right next door to you, aren't they? They are the best neighbors. Just the best people, but also having a coffee shop next door that's open seven days a week is everything. I, I was on Expo last night and I actually at the beginning of service handed my food runner my credit card and I said, I'm so sorry to ask you to do this, but could you please go next door and get me a cappuccino? Because I have a feeling this is going to be a long night and I I need a little pick me up. And, and it was, and it, it was a long night. It was a great night, but that's a good thing. But it was, it was a busy one. Hey, we can wrap this thing up, right? Thank you guys for listening to this thing. But I do have one more topic conversation, which is a teaser going into. We're going to do a fun joint episode with the guys over at Explore Nashville. So fun. That's going to be like a roundup for Valentine's Day. What is your before we get into like a big Valentine's Day episode where we talk about all the things that are happening in Nashville, and if you have something that's special going on in Nashville, go to the Nashville Restaurant Radio Instagram page and DM us, like tag us in all of your really cool Valentine's Day things that you're doing, any kind of special Valentine's, anything you're doing, and I will put that up on our stories just to kind of help promote what you're doing. Cause and we'll talk about it in our roundup. We'll talk about it in the roundup. But are you a believer in Valentine's Day? Me? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm kind of not... Um, I'm a little, not a Valentine's day hater, but I think that I've just worked in restaurants for such a long time that it's just such a Hallmark holiday to me. And it's not something that I've ever really celebrated necessarily. I'm like, Oh, it's kind of dumb. Sorry to say that. That's just kind of been my personal feelings with that said, this is everybody get ready to throw up, but I have a very, very sweet and cute husband who is very into holidays and he you know always does something cute for a holiday so that makes me more into valentine's day well i'm gonna give big shouts to tony <laughs> get you big guy all right <laughs> the wonderful happy little thing going on there waiting to use those maybe he's just you know what he's probably just scared of me this is my wife waiting for the valentine's gift oh brandon come on no i you know what's funny because i've always been like a um valentine's day stupid it is a i just yeah i think when we work in restaurants a lot of holidays get sidelined because you just always associate it as this is like a work mode thing not a thing that i celebrate i don't even think of it that way i just think of it like as a romantic like every day should be Valentine's Day. Mm. You should have roses. Okay. Like you should, I should be doing that all the time. But you know what? This year, I like you should. I, well, I've been so busy that like I kind of feel like 
I need a, I, I think I'm at that point to where like a reminder is nice. Yeah. Like a little day that's like, Hey, go be romantic, dude. Like get off your ass. Like, like stop focusing on this, this grind, this work all the time. And I'm always tired and sick. Like, I think I need that this year to kind of say, Hey dude, like get up and go do something fun for Valentine's day. Well, do something special and romantic. Like, well, Brandon, I can't wait until we do our Valentine's roundup episode. And I'm going to find out exactly what it is that you have planned for well, Valentine's. I, we're, I think we're going to go do it together. All right. I invited you guys. Oh, that's right. We're, we're going to do a Valentine's dinner. Yes. With you and Tony. Yeah. We're going to go we're, to the optimist. Yes. It's uh, is it the Optimist? It's the other. Oh, sorry, Ford Star Pride. Star Rover. Star Rover, and Gracie from um, Gracie from Eastside by Me is doing a special pop up that night. So excited! February the sixteenth, and it's going to be a, a curated like five course meal that we're doing, and it's a it's a benefit for the Giving Kitchen. So we've got a fun little V Day double date, and if you are looking for some belated Valentine's Day plans. And want to really spread the love by supporting the Giving Kitchen, go check out this dinner. Yeah, go check it out. Star Rover. Uh, I don't know if tickets are still available. I don't it know. Might, it might be sold out, it might honestly. Be sold out. But it, on the off chance that it's not, you should check it out. It's a good cause. And you get to come, if you see us there, come say hi. Yeah. You'd be like, hey, let's go interrupt their Valentine's Day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm excited because we haven't all got to hang out really before. Yeah. So I mean, I'm really excited about that. It'll it's going to be a ton of fun. Love a double date. Yeah, I haven't. I don't think I've done a double date in like we're so basic. A long time. <laughs> you guys get you get to. We'll, we'll do a roundup of that dinner. It'll be fun. You're like, <laughs> our brand is not romantic at all. <laughs> so, honey, I love you. We're gonna do something special for Valentine's Day when I get home from work. But then the next couple of nights we're gonna do. Something. But I think it's. <laughs> we'll some, I think some I'm at the point now where I'm like. No, I think I'm going to do something special for Valentine's Day. I want to do something special because well, she deserves it. Absolutely. She 100%. does. Well, I can't wait to hear what it is. Maybe that'll, maybe just talking about this will like inspire, you. inspire me to do things on days that aren't Valentine's Day. You should. The struggle is real. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, honey. All right, guys. Thank you for listening today. Um, you never can get that hour back. That hour's gone. Sorry. Wow. What a, what a way to go out. <laughs> hey, I had a lot of fun, Carolyn. Thanks for doing Absolutely, this. Absolutely. Always. All right, Thanks, guys. Brandon. Hope everybody's safe out there. Love you guys. Bye.